A glimpse of structural biology through X-ray crystallography. Yu Gong Shi from Tsinghua University, China, Cell, 2014. Since the domination of the myoglobin structure in 1957, X-ray crystallography, as the anchoring tool of structural biology, has played an instrumental role in deciphering the secrets of life. Knowledge gained through X-ray crystallography has fundamentally advanced our views on cellular processes and greatly facilitated development of modern medicine. In this brief narrative, I describe my personal understanding of the evolution of structural biology through X-ray crystallography, using as example mechanistic understanding of protein kinases and integral membrane proteins, and comment on the impact of technological development and outlook of X-ray crystallography. Brief history. When Wilhelm Rotting discovered X-ray in 1895, he could not have imagined the powerful application of X-ray diffraction on crystals of biological samples. Max von Lauer showed X-ray diffraction pattern of crystals in 1912 and William Lawrence Bragg derived a general equation known as Bragg's law to describe the founding principle of image foundation by X-ray diffraction. James Sumner obtained the first crystal of Jack B. Uriase in 1927 and showed the enzyme to be a protein. Max Perrotz and John Kindrew decided to pursue crystal structure of proteins, hemoglobin and myoglobin, beginning in the 1940s at the Cavendish Laboratory, University of Cambridge. Their pioneering effort was encouraged by William Lawrence Bragg who served as the director of the Cavendish Laboratory between 1938 and 1954. In 1953, James Watson and Francis Crick, both employed at the Cavendish Laboratory, deduced a DNA double helix model on the basis of X-ray fiber diffraction images of DNA generated by Rosalind Franklin. The entire biological research community was both excited and shocked to see the very first crystal structure of a micromolecular in 1957, that of sperm whale myoglobin by John Kindrew. The structure of myoglobin initially determined a 6 Armstrong resolution but quickly improved to 2 Armstrong, confirmed the alpha helical conformation as proposed by Linus Pauling and Robert Corey. Kindrew's success in structure determination of myoglobin was indispensably assisted by Perot's solution to the phase problem. Multiple uniform osmosis replacement through heavy atom soaks. Max Perot presented his own X-ray structure on the larger protein hemoglobin at 5.5 Armstrong and took a few years to improve the resolution to 2.8 Armstrong. Kendrew founded the Journal of Molecular Biology and served as editor-in-chief for a number of years. Kendrew also helped establish the European Molecular Biology Laboratory in Heidelberg and became its founding director. Perutz, on the other hand, founded and directed the MRC Laboratory of Molecular Biology. Notably, the double helix structure of DNA was finally visualized in 1980 by the X-ray structure of a 12-base pair palindromic DNA, known as the Dickerson-Dodekammer. 
DNA is the genetic material of almost all living matters, and proteins are the engines of life. Structural elucidation of DNA and protein is arguably the most important scientific discovery in the 20th century. Proposal of the double helix structure of DNA has fundamentally changed our perception of life and has unushered in a new era of modern biology. Crystal structure of myoglobin and hemoglobin allowed us to link protein function to its chemical details. In many respects, the atomic details offered by X-ray crystallography allowed mechanistic understanding of protein function, which marks the beginning of molecular biology. Kendrian parrots have been fondly named fathers of molecular biology. Early crystallographic studies focused on abundant proteins, most often enzymes, from animal organs and tissues. Following the successes of myoglobin and homoglobin, structural information was obtained for at least seven additional proteins in the 1960s, including the first enzyme hand egg white lysozyme, ribonucleases A and S, chymotropsin, papain, carboxypeptidase A, and subtilisin. These structures, together with those of many other enzymes in the 1970s and beyond, revealed the active site conformations and catalytic mechanisms which form the physical basis of molecular enzymology. The Protein Data Bank PDB, a central repository for three-dimensional structure data of macromolecules, was established in 1971 at the Brookhaven National Laboratory with seven initial entries. As of August 27, 2014, there were 102,863 total entries in the PDB, of which 88.7% were determined by X-ray crystallography. 10.3% by nuclear magnetic resonances NMR, and 8.0.8% by electron microscopy EM. Following structure determination of the lysozyme from bacteriophage G4, it became a paradigm for the study of protein folding and thermodynamics. In addition to the study of enzymes, viruses became hotly pursued in the 1960s and 1970s. Following his pioneering research into the Tomato-Bashi stunt virus, Stephen Harrison and colleagues reported the first virus structure at an atomic resolution of 2.9 Armstrong, revealing 180 copies of the capsid protein arranged in an eicosahedral particle. Aaron Clark and colleagues solved the X-ray structure of the TMV protein disk at 2.8 Armstrong resolution and obtained a low-resolution structure of nucleosome core particle. Two exciting developments in biology discovery of gene regulation in the 1960s and emergency of recombinant DNA technology in the late 1970s raised the question of how DNA sequences could be specifically recognized by transcription factors. Seeking an answer to this question became an important theme for structural biology in the 1980s. Many DNA binding motifs were identified and a number of crystal structure of protein DNA complexes were elucidated. 
there were many other exciting developments in the 1980s. Michael Rossman's group determined the first atomic resolution crystal structure of a human common cold virus. These early findings were followed up with a barrage of structural information on viruses, including mango virus and foot and mouth disease virus. Due to the impending health threats, disease-causing viruses continue to attract ample attention from the structural biology community. Insights gained from these virus structures have, in turn, revolutionized our concepts of virology and helped vaccine design and drug discovery. In the 1980s also marks the beginning of structural biology on integral membrane proteins with determination of atomic resolution X-ray structures of the bacterial photosynthetic reaction center. Compared to the 1980s, paces of structural biology were considerably faster in the 1990s. The total number of PDB entries increased from less than 400 at the beginning of the year 1990 to more than 13,000 by the end of the year 2000. Cellular signal transduction was the primary focus of biological investigation in the 1990. Consequently, the central theme of structural biology during this period was mechanistic understanding of cell signaling. Crystal structures were elucidated for numerous signaling motifs, exemplified by the phosphotyrosine recognition as H2 domain, the phosphoinositol binding pH domain, the proline-enriched sequence binding SH3 domain, and the carboxyl terminal peptide binding PDZ domain. The modular nature of these motifs and characterization of the binding specificities constitute an important basis for the development of synthetic biology in chemical biology. Signal transduction often begins in the extracellular space with ligand binding to its cell surface receptor. Crystal structure of the complex between human growth hormone and the extracellular domain of its receptor revealed a single hormone molecule recognized by two molecules of the receptor. Some of the other early co-crystal structures include the extracellular domain of TNF receptor bound to a TNF beta, the extracellular fragment of interferon gamma receptor bound to interferon gamma, and domain 2 of the Phil T1 receptor bound to VEGF. These ligand receptor structures give rise to the principle that receptor clustering induced by ligand binding serves as a platform for signaling, which usually involves phosphorylation by receptor kinases. Crystal structure of the catalytic subunit of protein kinase A, PKA, the first for a protein kinase, reveals an amino terminal lobe reaching beta strands and a carboxyl terminal lobe with mostly alpha helices. The kinase fault observed in PKA was soon confirmed by dozens of crystal structure of all the important protein kinases in the 1990s. Understanding of human signaling by the T-cell receptor, TCR, is markedly enhanced by structures of TCR and their complexes with MHC peptide antigens. Structural biology of membrane proteins enjoyed rapid development in the 1990s and beyond. A 
as an extension of X-ray crystallography, electron crystallography was successfully applied to determine the structure of membrane proteins that form two-dimensional crystals at low resolution in the 1980s and near-atomic resolution in the 1990s. Following two decades of method development on electron crystallography, Richard Henderson and colleagues succeeded in the elucidation of 3.5 Armstrong resolution structure of bacterial hoptopsin using electron diffraction data. Kuhl, Brands and colleagues generated a 3.4 Armstrong resolution structure of a plant light harvesting complex. A shrinking 1.9 Armstrong resolution was achieved by two-dimensional aquaporin crystals, which allowed clear visualization of lipid protein interactions. X-ray structure of the mitochondrial F1 ATPase at 2.8 Armstrong resolution revealed distinct conformations for the three catalytic beta subunits. Structure analysis of a bacterial potassium channel, the first structure of a recombinant integral membrane protein, provided insights into potassium conduction and selectivity. This work was followed up with systematic structure studies of potassium channels, which offer molecular explanations for gating of the ion-conducting pore. X-ray structure of the bacterial large contundence mechanosensitive channel MSCL revealed a homopentameric assembly and served as a foundation for understanding other mechanosensitive channels. Structural analysis of the water channel aquaporin 1 identified a tetrameric assembly with water molecules localized along a selectivity filter. Crystal structure of the AMPA type GLUE2 receptor revealed a twofold symmetry in the extracellular domain and a fourfold symmetry in the membrane-spanning ions channel domain. The first crystal structure on recombinant membrane transporters were elucidated for the lactose permease LACY and the glycerol-3-phosphate transporter GLPT, defining a conserved fault for the major facilitator superfamily of secondary active transporters. Crystal structure of the human glucose transporter GLUT1, the first eukaryotic MFS structure, allows rationalization of disease-derived mutations. Following an early X-ray structure on bovine rhodopsin, crystal structures of the recombinant G-protein coupled receptor GPCR were reported on beta-2 adrogenic receptor. Structure on the agonistic bound beta 2 adrogenic receptor in complex with a nucleotide free G's heterotremer provided a preliminary answer to how ligand binding to GPCR triggers the activation of G protein in the cytoplasm. Improvement of hardware and software in X ray crystallography has gently accelerated the pace of discovery and emboldened structural biologists to attack challenging research projects. Structural elucidation of the proteosomal 20S particles revealed the architecture and identified the proteolic mechanisms.
crystal structure of the grow es grow el complex markedly improved our understanding of chaperone assisted protein folding whereas structure analysis of the nucleosome core particle shows in atomic detail how 146 base pairs of dna are assembled around the histone octama crystal structure of the large ribosomal subunit including 2833 RNA nucleotides and 27 proteins were determined at an atomic resolution of 2.4 Armstrong and expanded our protein RNA recognition database as of the year 2000 by a factor of sixfold. Since the early 1990s, biologically important mega complexes and macromolecular assemblies have represented increasingly attractive targets for structured biologists. Excess structures of the eukaryotic exomes have revealed important insights into the degradation and processing of cellular RNA. Preliminary structure analysis of the U1, U4, and U6 SN. RNAPS, three subcomplexes of the eukaryotic spliceome provided mechanistic insights into mRNA slicing. Crystal structure of the human COP9 singlosome revealed molecular architecture of the 8 subunit complex. The combination of X-ray crystallography with single particle CRIO-EM Analysis has been routinely used to provide accurate information on megacomplexes and exemplified by structure of the yeast 26S proteosome. The vast amount of information in BDB serves as the structural basis for understanding biology and innovating medicine. X-ray crystallography as a tool has played a dominant role in the past five decades in deciphering the molecular mechanisms of virtually all biological processes. It is truly a mission impossible to attempt coverage of, even if just glossing over, all major achievements of structural biology. Because this narrative is targeted to a general readership, the goal is to showcase the spirit of structural biology through brief description of representative examples, how X-ray crystallography has helped transform the understanding of biology. Therefore, I will mainly comment on two areas of biological research that have been galvanized by X-ray crystallography, kinase regulation and membrane protein structure function relationship. Within each research area, the focus is not to provide a comprehensive review, but to discuss pioneering structure investigation and select follow-up studies. Kinases and anti-cancer drug, CMP-dependent PKA. Reversible protein phosphorylation was discovered on glycogen phosphorylase in the 1950s by Edwin Krebs, Edward Fisher, Earl Southland and Wasilates. The first essential step in glycogen metabolism is phosphorylation is determined by mediated by glycogen phosphorylase whose activation depends on phosphorylase kinase. The conversion of inactive phosphorylase kinase to its activated form is mediated by phosphorylase kinase kinase, also known as cyclic EMP, CMP-dependent protein kinase, or PKA. 
the catalytic sublimate of PKA in its free form is catalytically active. However, two molecules of the catalytic sublimate are constitutively bound and inhibited by a homodimer of regulatory sublimates. Binding of the second messenger CMP to the regularly sublimates results in the dissociation and hence activation of the PKA catalytic sublimates. Human genome is predicted to encode 518 putative protein kinases, which, on the basis of substrate subspecificity, are classified into 19 tyrosine kinases (PTKs) and 428 serine-tyronine kinases (PSKs). These kinases play an essential role in virtually all cellular processes. The very first atomic view on any protein kinases was provided in 1991 by the crystal structure of the catalytic sublimate of PKA. This structure reveals a general architecture of two loops with the substrate binding sides and the ATP binding pocket both located between the two loops. An activation helix alpha-C which contains a catalytic triad residue and an activation loop whose phosphorylation results in the activation of the kinase are positioned next to the hinge between the two loops. These structural features became the hallmarks of nearly all protein kinases. Structures of the catalytic sublimate of PKA explain substrate specificity and define conformational flexibility. Structure analysis of the regulatory sublimate reveals mechanism of CAMP recognition. Subsequent structural analysis of PKA with both catalytic and regularly sublimates provides a molecular explanation for the inhibition of PKA and identifies a model for CAMP mediated activation through binding to the regulatory subunits. A 2.3 Armstrong X-ray structure of the intact tetrameric PKA helozymes yields inside into stage regulation and has ramifications for understanding the regulation of the conserved kinases. Cycling-dependent kinases The temporal spatial activities of cycling-dependent kinases CDKs determine the fate of the cell cycle and thus are subject to complex regulation. Unlike most kinases, which are active in the free forms, free CDKs are inactive and only attain a basal level of catalytic activity upon association with cycling. The basal activity can be greatly stimulated by phosphorylation of the activation loop also known as T-loop. The CIP-CAP family of the cell cycle inhibitors, exemplified by P27, potentially inhibits the kinase activity of the assembled cycling CDK complexes, whereas members of the INC4 inhibitor family can bind the active free CDK, thus preventing its activation. The INC4 inhibitors, exemplified by P16 INC4A, also bind and inhibit active cycling CDK complexes. Crystal structure of the CDK2 reveals a mislaid conformation of the activation helix 
PS Tear Helix and the T loop, providing an immediate explanation of the lack of catalytic activity for the free kinase. Binding by cyclin A induces large conformational changes in the B-strayer, Halix and T-loop, resulting in correct alignment of the active site residues and opening off the catalytic cleft. Phosphorylation of CDK2 in the T-loop results in the reorganization of the local structure's elements, priming it for substrate binding. Remarkably, the inhibitory domain of P27KIP1 adopts an extended conformation to interact with both cyclin A and CDK2 within volume residue inserting into the catalytic cleft of CDK2 and displacing ATP. By contrast, the INC4 inhibitors of P16 and P19 bind close to the ATP binding site of CDK6 and cause structural changes in the catalytic cleft to negatively affect the kinase activity. The binding site for P16 or P19 is opposite of where cyclin binds, explaining why the INC4 inhibitors can bind both free and cyclin bound CDKs. Advent of structural information of CDKs greatly facilitated the screening and design of specific small molecules inhibitors that block their kinase activities. These inhibitors, mostly ATP analogs, effectively stopped cancer cell growth in petri dish and in animal models. The outcome of anti-cancer clinical trials thus far has been less than desirable with notable toxicity and marginal efficacy. For example, flavopyrodyl exhibited multifaceted antiproliferative effects in preclinical research but had disappointing performance in clinical trials with neurotherapeutic window and off-target effects. The more selective second-generation CDK inhibitor Dynaciclib has entered phase 3 clinical trial. In notable advances is the developed Alpalpociclib, a highly selective inhibitor of CDK4 and CDK6 for treatment of the HER2 ER plus breast cancer. In addition, the problem of cross-reactivity by ATP analogs can be effectively dealt with the with by the development of inhibitors that target sites other than the ATP binding pocket. BCR, ABL, EGFR and other kinase targets. BCR-ABL is a fusion product of chromosome translocation. A portion of the BCR gene on chromosome 22 is fused to the ABL tyrosine kinase gene on chromosome 9 in the Philadelphia chromosome. BCR-ABL is constitutively activated and drives the development of Cronux myelogenous leukemia. Perhaps the most celebrated anti-cancer kinase inhibitor is imatinib, also known as Clivec or STI-571, which targets BCR-ABL. Nearly all chronic myelogenous leukemia patients who took the drug in the first phase 1 trial in 1998 were responding. 
Imatinib was approved by FDA in 2001. Imatinib also potentially inhibits the tyranids, kinase C, KETS, and PDGFR, and its clinical use has been approved for a few other cancer types associated with CKITS or PDGFR activation. Crystal structures reveal the precise interactions of an imatinib variant with surrounding residues in the ATP binding pocket of PCR-ABL and explain how patient-derived mutations inactivate imatinib binding. Imatinib, classified as type 2 kinase inhibitor, binds the kinase and its active, inactive DFG out conformation. The structural information guided subsequent development of second-generation inhibitors that stabilize this kinase-specific inactive conformations. These inhibitors include ponatinib, which is effective against the T315I mutation, and nilotinib, which works well against the majority of CML mutations. The structural information also helped the design of the type 1 kinase inhibitors, exemplified by the sartinib, which bind the kinase in its active DFG in conformation. These second generation inhibitors are used to treat relapsed CML patients with imatinib resistant mutations. The epidermal growth factor receptor. EGFR, family of receptor tyrosine kinases, RTK, has four members, ERB1-4, each with an extracellular ligand binding domain, a single transmembrane segment, and an intracellular kinase domain. The activation mechanism of EGFR has been elegantly revealed by crystallographic discovery and subsequent bio biochemical analysis. Growth factor binding induces conformation changes in the extracellular domain, leading to its dimerization with the two ligands and opposite sides of the heterocomplex. The EGFR kinase domain exists in an auto-inhibited conformation with key residues U8354 and U837, stabilizing the inactive conformation of the alpha-C helix. Receptor dimerization induces either by ligand binding or by high protein concentrations during crystallization. Facilitate formation of an asymmetric timer where the C lobe of the activator kinase interacts with the N lobe of the receiver kinase, leading to a steric activation of the latter. The structure observations also provide a satisfying explanation to how mutations of LU834 and LU837 drives EGFR activation. Aberrant activation of EGFR contributes to the development of a number of malignant cancer types. A few small molecule inhibitors of EGFR have been used in the clinic to treat cancers, such as GFT inhib for treating non-small cell lung cancer, Patients with activating mutations in EGFR respond very well to the treatment of GFTNIP. Other small molecule inhibitors targeting EGFR include lapatinib for breast cancer, 
and erlotinib for NSCLC and pancreatic cancer. Monoclonal antibodies have also been developed to prevent a ligand binding of EGFRs or to sabotage the immunization of extracellular domain, herceptin or transtumab, which blocks ligand binding by associating with the extracellular domain of ERB2 HER2, proved to be effective in treatment ERB2 of expression breast cancer. Pertuzumab, on the other hand, prevents receptor immunization by binding to the extracellular domain of ERB2 HER2. Hatuximab or Elbidux, which prevents both ligand binding and receptor demonization through binding to domain 3 of the EGFR extracellular region, has been approved for the treatment of metastatic colon cancer, NSCLC, and head and neck cancer. More recently, monoclonal antibody and cytotoxic small molecule have been combined into a single entity named antibody drug conjugates which directly target cancer cells with high-dose chemotherapy. Transtumab imtasine is such an antibody drug conjugate that combines transtumab and the cytotoxic agent metasine. It is approved to treat HER2-positive metastatic breast cancer. Chemical genetics of protein kinases this structural information not only facilitates drug discovery targeting various malignancies, but also gives birth to chemical genetics of kinases. The photooncogen CRCS, discovered by G. Michael Bishop and Harold Vermus, exists in normal cells in an inactive conformation in the crystals of auto-inhibited CSRC. The SH3 domain, the SH2 domain, and the kinase domain interact with each other to assembly into a tightly folded assembly in which the phosphorylated tier 527 binds to the SH2 domain and locks CRSCs in an inactive conformation. Activation of the CSRS pathway triggered by the phosphorylation of tier 527 contributes to multiple cancer types. On the basis of the structure modeling, the ATP binding site of VSRC was mutated such that the resulting VSRC but not the wild type VSRC could accept a synthetic ATP analog. The engineered VSRC displayed similar catalytic efficiency as well as subset specificity as the wild type VSRC but allowed direct tracing of VSRC substrates in cells. This strategy was applied to other CRC family members and general protein kinases. The engineered kinases along with the unique ATP analogs allowed investigation of important biological questions such as identification of CDK1 targets in yeast, selective inhibition of neutrophin in vivo and discovery of JNK2 as a positive regulator of CJAN. Membrane protein structure and function, membranes compartmentalize cellular processes and enzymatic reactions, and membrane proteins account for 20%-30% of 
all human proteins. Structures of membrane proteins, however, only account for just over 1% of all entries in the PDB, with 1,520 total entries and 499 unique structures as of August 31, 2014. The structural investigation of membrane proteins has been hampered by the technical challenges of poor recombinant expression, insolubility in aqueous solution, and unruly behavior in detergent-solubilized forms. In addition, crystals of membrane protein usually diffract X-ray poorly. Consequently, structural biology of membrane proteins lacked behind that for soluble proteins by two decades. Early effort focused on endogenous membrane proteins, eliminating the hassles of recombinant expression. Crystal structure of a bacterial photosynthetic reaction, centered 3 Armstrong Group solution, the first atomic resolution image of any integral membrane protein, reveals the stunning inner workings, usually buried with the membrane. X-ray of the F1 ATPase from bovine herd mitochondria, determined at 2.8 Armstrong resolution, captured the three catalytic beta subunits in distinct conformations and different states of nucleotide binding. This structure observation lends critical support to the hypothesis that the three catalytic subunits are at different states of the catalytic cycle at any moment, and rotation of the alpha 3 beta 3 subcomplex relative to the gamma subunits results in the interconventions of the states. Roderick McKinnon was among the first to use recombinant system to express membrane proteins, potassium channels for structural studies. Despite similar properties between potassium and sodium, potassium channels are at least four orders of magnitude more permeant for potassium than for sodium. Crystal structure of the potassium channel from streptomyces dividends at 3.2 Armstrong resolution revealed the first atomic view of an ion channel. The dramatic arrangement of the potassium selectivity, filter and structure features of the pool provide explanations to ion selectivity and conduction. Only two out of four potential potassium binding sites are occupied in the selectivity filter along energy minimization and, sub and optimization of conduct rate. Subsequent structure and biochemical studies on potassium channels uncovered mechanistic insights into gating of the ion conducting pore. G-protein coupled receptors GPCRs define a large family of seven transmembrane proteins that mediate a wide range of signaling at the plasma membrane. Approximately half of all clinical drugs directly target GPCRs. Working with Robert Lefkowitz, Brian Kabilka, clones and biochemically characterized human alpha-2 and beta-2 antigenic receptors. X-ray structure of bacteriotopsin, which bears homology to mammalian GPCR, was determined in 1997 followed by destructive determination of bovine rhodopsin. 
confirmation of the seven transmembrane helices TMs, involving rhodopsin differs significantly from that in bacteriotopsin. Kobilka and colleagues determined the crystal structure of the human beta-2-adrogenic receptor at 3.4-3.7 Armstrong resolution. The relatively poor X-ray diffraction of beta-2-RR crystals was successfully mitigated by insertion of T4 lysozyme into the third intracellular loop. Crystal structure of the resulting beta-2-AR bound to a diffusible ligand carazolol was determined at 2.4 Armstrong resolution, revealing extensive interactions of carazolol with residues at the ligand binding sites. Structures of activated and or agonistic bound as well as antagonistic bound GPCRs reveal instinct conformations of the ligand binding pocket. The most notable ligand induced conformation change on the cytoplasmic side appears to be an outward movement of the cytoplasmic portion of TM5 and TM6. A wealth of rapidly emerging structures on GPCR has greatly stimulated the interest of major pharmaceutical companies to improve existing drugs and to screening and design new therapeutics modulators. The principal biological question on GPCR is how conformational changes triggered by ligand binding results in the activation of G protein. A tentative answer to this question was supplied by the crystal structure of an agonistic bound beta-2-AR in complex with nucleotide-free G-heterotrimer. The most pronounced agonistic-induced conformational change in beta-2-AR is a 14 Armstrong outward movement at the cytoplasmic end of TM6 and TM5. The conformational changes induced by the interactions between beta-2-AR and Gs are propagated to the nucleotide binding pocket, presumably facilitating replacement of GDP by GTP. The most unanticipated change is a marked displacement of the alpha helical domain of G-alphas relative to the Rus-like GTPase domain. Membrane transport proteins. A living cell constantly needs to uptake nutrients from the environment and to expel metabolites and waste materials. This extremely complex process is mediated by a very large number of membrane transport proteins that can be classified into at least four general types. General opposers, facilitators, secondary active transporters and primary active transporters. An online database of membrane transport proteins contains more than 10,000 unique protein sequences that are classified into over 800 transporters families. Membrane proteins of known three-dimensional structure are catalogued online at blanco.biomol.uci.edu slash mpstruck slash. I do not intend to comprehensively cover all known structures of transporters. Rather, I will simply give a few representative examples. 
channels. The aquaporin family of channels consisting of the water conducting aquaporins of the glycerol conducting aquaglyceroporins plays an essential role in the regulation of cellular osmolarity. Structure analysis of aquaporin 1, AQP1, revealed a tetramelic assembly and identified four water molecules that are localized at three hydrophilic nodes along an otherwise highly hydrophobic selectivity filter, supporting rapid water transport. Subsequent structural analysis of aquaporin that identified the molecular mechanism for differentiation between water and glycerol by the aquaporin family. Structure of the glycerol facilitated GLPF revealed an amphipathic selectivity pore that is lined by a number of glycerol molecules in single file. Structural analysis of an end molecular dynamics simulation elucidated the molecular mechanism of selective permeability of glycerol. The aquaporin fold is also observed in another small molecule transporter such as the pantameric formate channel VOCA. Physical forces in the form of touch, hearing, pressure and gravity are primarily sensed by a family of mechasensitive ion channels, which transduce mechanical strain into an electrical chemical response. The X-ray structure of MSCL determines a 3.5 Armstrong resolution revealed a homopentamer. In each subunit, a water-filled opening at the extracellular side is followed by an hydrophilic pore that narrows to an occluded region in the cytoplasmic side. This structure served as a model system for understanding of a comparison with other mechanosensitive channels. Structure analysis of the small condensed mechanosensitive channels shows a heptameric assembly with the closed state transmembrane pore connecting to a large chamber in the cytoplasmic side. Notably, the overall fold in the transmembrane region is different between MSCL and MSCS with two TMs in MSCL and three TMs in MSCS. Chemical transmitters of excitatory synapses in the central nervous system exemplified by glutamate active receptors on the postsynaptic cells leading to transmission of signals from one neuron to the next. Inotropic glutamate receptors, IGLU-R, are ligand-gated ion channels. The IGLU-R family includes AMPA, kinite and NMDA receptors which are heterotetrameric or homotetrameric. Crystal structure of the homotetrameric AMPA type GLU-A2 receptor bound to a competitive antagonist revealed a close conformation with a two-fold symmetry in the extracellular domain and a four-fold symmetry in the membrane-spanning ion channel domain. Structural analysis of the GLU-A2 receptor allowed proportion of mechanisms 
for ion channel activation, desensibilization, and inhibition of by non-competitive antagonists. These mechanisms were further investigated by the X-ray structure of glue A2 bound to consnail toxin and indistinct functional state. Structure of the NMDA type heterotetrameric receptor involving 2 glun N1 and 2 glun N2B subunits confirmed some of the proposed general mechanisms for iGluR and provided additional insights. Secondary active transporters. Unlike channels, transporters never allow sim simultaneous substrate access from both sides of the lipid membrane. A prevailing model for the general transport mechanism is known as alternating access, which postulates that a transporter must switch between at least two conformations, open to the extracellular side for substrate upload and open to the intracellular side for substrate release or vice versa, restrained by a series of conformation switches. Within each transport cycle, a transporter can only move 250,000 substrate molecules per second, considerably slower than that for channels, which sometimes can permeate substrates at near diffusion limits. The ability to transport substrate molecules against their concentration gradients, together with the different conformational states within each transport cycle, have made membrane transported appealing for structure and mechanistic investigations. The major facilitator superfamily MFS transporter are ubiquitously present in all kingdoms of life and play an important role in numerous cellular processes. The first crystal structure of MFS were ported on the lactose permease LAC epsilon from E. coli and the glycerol 3-phosphate transporter GLPT. These structures revealed a conserved MFS fold of two-fold symmetric N-domain and C-domain, each comprising six consecutive TMs. The transport path, as well as the substrate binding site, is located between N and C-domains. The structural information provides immediate explanation to a large body of biochemical and biological observations, particularly on lac epsilon. The distinct conformational states of MFS, which include the multidrug transporter EMRD, the L-Fucus H+, symporter FUCP, the peptide transporter PEPTI-SO and PEPTI-ST, and the X-D-Hexylose H plus importer XY-IE appear to support the alternating sac access model. Perhaps the best known and most important MFS family members are the glucose transporters GLUT14, which are associated with a number of debilitating diseases because the structure of the full-length human GLUT1 the first eukaryotic MFS structure allows rationalization of disease-derived mutations. Crystal structure of the sodium leucine symporter UT revealed a conserved fold of 10 TMs grouped into two inverted repeats, each containing five consecutive TMs. The first TM 
is each of the two inverted repeats TM1 or TM6. Is discontinuous and contains a highly conserved onward segment that is positioned in the transport path. A similar fold was subsequently observed in the nucleus cation Symporter 1 family MHP1 and the solid sodium Symporter family VSGLT. Remarkably, despite lack of sequence of functional conservation, the same general UT fold has been recognized in the several membrane transport families, exemplified by the glycine betaine transporter BETP and amino acid antiporters ADC and GETC. These unanticipated structure findings led to reclassification of membrane transporters with nine UT fold families now grouped together to constitute the APC superfamily. Primarily active transporters. Primarily active transporters exemplified by the sarcoendoplasmic calcium ATPase CERCA and the ATP binding cassette ABC transporters exploit the energy of ATP binding and hydrolysis for substrates transport, usually against concentration gradient of the substrate molecules. The 2.6 Armstrong resolution crystal structure of CERCA1A revealed a complex architecture with two calcium ions bound to the membrane-spanning region. Structural comparison with the enzyme in the absence of calcium suggests large domain movements during active transport which was confirmed by the structure of CERCA1A in a calcium-free state. The active transport of calcium ion by this ATPS pump involves several distinct conformational states. These conformational states were visualized by a number of related crystal structure of CERCA, including that bound to ATP or an ATP analog, ADP, and a phosphate analog. Together, these structures allow mechanistic understanding of the complete cycle of calcium transport driven by ATP binding and hydrolysis. An ABC transporter contains at least four subunits, two transmembrane domains, TMDs, and two ABCs, or nucleated binding domains, NBDs, located in the cytoplasm. The first crystal structure of the ABC transporter, that of the tetrameric BGUCD complex, at 3.2 Armstrong resolution, revealed a central translocation path that is formed between two BGUC subunits within the membrane and close to the cytoplasmic site by a gate region. This structure serves as a framework for all subsequent structural investigation and mechanistic understanding. Crystal structure includes a bacterial multidrug transporter SEV1866, a putative metal chelate type transporter, a maltose transporter, BGUCD bound to the periplasmic binding protein BGUF, a bacterial lipid flipase MSBA, a molybdate tank state transporter MOBC, a methionine transporter, captured different conformational and nucleated bound states. These snapshots allow pre 
proposition of a complete transport cycle for your ABC transporter. The transport cycle is elegantly shown for the multi transporter MAL FGK2 with a number of conformational states observed at atomic details. The energy coupling factor ECF family of membrane transporters shares a similar organization with the ABC transporters with two NBDs and two TMDs. In contrast to the ABC transporter, the two NBDs of an ECF transporter are encoded by two different ATPase genes and the two mem transmembrane domains have constraining roles with one specific for substrate binding as component and the other for energy transduction T component. Structures of the heterotetrimeric ECF transporters revealed a stringing organization the 6TM of the S component are placed roughly parallel to the lipid membrane and perpendicular to the TM of the T component. These structures, together with results of MD simulation, strongly support the carrier model of substrate transport, which differs from the alternating access model. Intramembrane proteases. Regulated intramembrane proteolysis RIP, which requires cleavage of a membrane-embedded substrate protein by an intramembrane protease with the lipid bilayer, is a universally conserved signaling mechanism from bacteria to human beings. The most remarkable example of RIP includes cleavage of the cholesterol-controlling transcription factor SREBP by the material of protease S2P, the cleavage of the growth factor spits by the serine protease rhomboids, and the cleavage of amyloid persecutor protein by the aspartate protease presalinylin, which is the catalytic component of the gamma secretase. Unlike proteases in aqueous environment, the hydrophilic active site of an intramembrane protease must be accessible to water molecules which are required for proteolysis and substrate proteins with the hydrophobic lipid membrane. Structural information is now available of these bacteria homologs of the three classes of intramembrane proteases, including the rhomboid homolog GLPG from E. coli the arcase S2P homolog and the presenalin homolog PSH. In all cases, the active site has constant access to water molecules through a funnel that opens either to the accessorial side or the cytoplasmic side. The crystallographic finding is elegantly simple yet completely unanticipated in the absence of the structural information. The active site is shielded from the hydrophobic membrane bilayer by one or two gating TMs, which undergo lateral rotation or movement to allow substrate entry. For LGPG, the gating helix TM5 had been captured in fully open, partially open and closed conformations. The recent CRIO-EM structure 
of human beta secretase along with the X-ray structure of its putative substrate recruiting component nigastrin revealed tantalizing clues about functional mechanisms of gamma secretase. Method development, protein expression and purification. Prior to 1970s, all proteins employed for X-ray crystallography were derived from endogenous sources, mostly animal tissues and organs, and were biochemically purified. These proteins, exemplified by myoglobin and lysozymes, are thermodynamically stable and contain flexible surface sequences that may hinder crystallization. In the late 1970s, discovery of the restriction enzymes greatly facilitated cloning of target cDNAs into plasmids, allowing recombinant expression of E. coli. Unfortunately, many recombinant proteins, especially those containing multiple domains and or flexible surface sequences, define crystallization. Finding a crystallizable protein domain or fragment frequently requires multiple tries of protein engineering, each involving different boundaries of or mutations for the target protein. Limit proteolysis has been used to identify stable core domains that are amenable for crystallization. One of the most remarkable examples of limited proteolysis was the identification of sequence boundaries for the DNA binding domain of P53. Recombinant co-expression of two or more proteins became a popular strategy in the 1990s. This strategy allowed convenient assembly of multi-component protein complex. Although bacterial expressions fast and inexpensive, eukaryotic proteins are frequently misfolded or aggregated when expressed in bacteria likely due to the differences in folding environment. Eukaryotic recombinant expression systems involving yeast, baculovirus infected insect cells and mammalian cells play an increasingly more important role. For mammalian cell expression, both stable cell lines and transient expression through plasmids have succeeded in producing production of large quantities of material for crystallization. Stable CHO cells allowed expression and purification of milligram quantity of gamma secretase, a four-component membrane protein complex. Crystallization. Until early 1990s, approximately half of all crystals were generated with ammonium sulfate as the major precipitant in the crystallization buffer. In the year 2013, however, none of the 55 crystal structure reported in the journal Nature relied on ammonium sulfate as a crystallization agent. This dramatic change likely reflects the proposition that ammonium sulfate may work better for small protein of greater thermal stability. Perhaps more importantly, the reagents and tools for crystallization have steadily improved in the last two decades, including numerous commercial reagent kits, robotic arms, and development of special methodology for protein membrane crystallization. The lipidic cubic phase LCP has been widely used for crystallization of membrane proteins.
with fantastic successes for GPCRs. B cells were also applied to membrane protein crystallization. Although prior experience may facilitate crystallization of a new target protein or macromolecular complex, systematic screening or representative crystallization space is almost always recommended. In all cases of difficult proteins, biochemistry and molecular biology are the keys for crystallization, that is, improvement of solution behavior through biochemical characterization and expensive protein engineering. Insertion of a T4 lysozyme into beta 2 AR proved to be important for improvement of crystal packing and has X-ray diffraction limits. Sequence alignment among homologous proteins frequently yields valuable hints on how to improve the chance of crystallization. For example, replacing five non-conserved amino acids with conserved ones led to crystallization of a presenilin homologue. The crystallization of the AMPA type receptor GLUT A2 required carboxyl terminal and internal dilation, removal of potential glycosylation sites, alanine substitution and specific mutation. Structure determination Since the invention of the oscillation rotation protocol, it has quickly become the primary X-ray diffraction data collection method on single crystals. Powerful rotation anatole generators have been improved continuously to generate X-ray with high intensity. Synchron radiation, which supplies X-ray with tunable wavelength and much higher X-ray flux than harm source, was brought to the attention of biological crystallographers and quickly became an intimate partner of structural biology. Fast readout large urea X-ray detectors have been critically important for data collection. Synchrotron beamlines are provided with charge-coupled detectors CCDs, which make data collection much faster and more accurate than ever before. More recently, the concept of shutter-free data collection has been made possible by the pixel ray detectors. Cryogenic protection by flash freezing crystals at circa 100k greatly reduced radiation damage, which allows complete data collection for a single crystal instead of data merging from multiple crystals in the past. Software for X-ray data collection and processing Structure determination and model building has seen major improvements in the last two decades. Most notably, structure determination based on a single crystal became possible with development of the multi-wavelength anomalous diffraction MAT method. The ease of cellular incorporation into recombinant proteins and the powerful synchrotron radiation have made MAT the preferred method for de novo protein structure determination. Ribonuclease H was the first protein whose structure was successfully determined by selenium-based meta-analysis. Free R factor introduced as an objective criteria for structure cross-validation prevents over-refinements and has quickly become a key parameter for all X-ray structures. Free R factor was also instrumental to implementation of maximum likelihood target functions 
and crystallographic programs. In 1994, the CCP4 Collaborative Computational Project Number no. 4 Suites was established, which collected a number of programs by various macromolecular structure determination methods by X-ray crystallography. Another structure determination package, CNS, superseded by Phoenix, not only provides all necessary programs for X-ray structure solution, but also incorporates the refinement method of simulated annealing after X block. Structure genomics demanded high throughput crystallography with a number of automated structure solution pipelines established worldwide through integration of existing programs for automation. The use of MIR demands generation of heavy atom derivatives of the crystal. The heavy agents MAGIC-7 and MEMBRANES-11 were recommended for crystal of soluble and membrane proteins respectively. Polynuclear metal clusters were utilized for phasing of larger protein complexes, exemplified by the ribosomal large subunit. Compared to heavy metals, bromide or ionized ions can be quickly soaked into protein crystal within minutes. In addition to MIR and MAD, Mainstream experimental phasing methods also include single wavelength anomalous dispersion sets, single isomorphous replacement, SAR, multiple isomorphous replacement with anomalous scattering, MIRAS, and single isomorphous replacement with anomalous scattering, CRS. Molecular replacement, MR, is used for phasing with a homologous model. Automated model building algorithms and molecular modeling graphics such as CUT, preceded by O, have greatly accelerated the pace of structure determination. Prior to the mid-1990s, it wasn't uncommon for a PhD student in the X-ray crystallography laboratory to spend three to four years to solve the phase problem, requiring understanding of Patterson maps and the solution of the Harker sections. Consequently, students then usually needed to have certain knowledge of mathematics and physics. Nowadays, a student only needs to mount crystal correctly in the X-ray beam, and the rest data collection and structure determination can be just a few clicks away. Intense X-ray and various synchrotron facilities have not only greatly expanded our investigative power on small and weakly diffracting crystals, but have also made high-throughput crystallography a reality. Remote control of data collection at synchrotrons has eased the trouble of long-distance traveling and sleepless night fatigue. Hard X-ray free electron laser For most X-ray beamlines in existing synchrotrons, destruction of crystals by radiation damage accompanies the process of data collection. Ultra-shot femtoseconds high-intensity X-ray pulses from free electron lasers were predicted to provide useful structure information before the destruction of the sample by radiation damage. This prediction was reached on the basis of computer simulation of radiation damage, taking into account photon energy, pulse length and intensity of sim and simple sites.
A decade later, the proof of concept was established with image construction on diffractions collected on individual virus particles and an electron density map at 8.5 Armstrong resolution of photosystem 1, which required millions of nanocrystals and more than 3 million diffraction patterns. Both studies were carried out at the Linux Coherent Light Source at Stanford University, which offers the world's fine first hard X-ray free electron laser, XUFL, with an X-ray intensity of circa 10 to the power of 12 photons in 10 femtoseconds, or about 10, 13 orders of magnitude more intense than a regular third-generation synchrotron. The first high-resolution X-ray structure by serial femtoseconds crystallography, SFX, was accomplished on lysozyme, followed by de novo generation of experimental phases for lysozyme. This technology has been successfully applied to structure determination of a prosecutor catepsin B, photosystem 2, and human serotonin receptor. The breathtaking advances of XFL based XSFX rely on development of container-free sample spraying techniques with initial crystal heat rate of less than 0.01%. Thus, a vast number of nanocrystals were prerequisite for such technology, although improvement is underway. By design of the SFX technology, all X-ray diffraction patterns collected are still partial image, which demand improvements in data processing software. The effect of one image per crystal also mandates the isomorphous nature of microcrystals. These challenges, together with the exceedingly highly cost associated with construction of XFL facility, may qualify the near future application of SFX to limited pragmatic impact. Nonetheless, as the ultimate technology for determination of macromolecular structure in aqueous solution at room temperature, XFL is destined to dominate in the future. Molecular dynamics Crystal structures represent static snapshots of macromolecules averaged temporarily especially of a myriad of subtle conformational differences. In real life, however, these molecules may interconvent among a few distinct conformations to accomplish their biological functions. Thankfully, these distinct conformational states can be trapped by alteration of crystallization conditions, including of specific ligands and or mutation of specific amino acids. At times of difficulty in capturing one or more of these conformational states, molecular dynamics simulation came to rescue. A supermachine named Anton extended the time scale of MD simulation to milliseconds and therefore enabled the observation of large scale conformational change of micromolecules in silico. Using this approach, the transition between different conformational states was observed for a number of proteins. In addition to identifying putative conformational changes, MD simulation also helps reveal insights that are sometimes unnoted by structural analysis. 
simulation of the CSRC and HCK kinases revealed an important role for the linker sequence between SH3 and SH2 domains, which helps maintain the kinases in an inhibited state. 12 NSMD simulations of the aquaglyceroporine GLPF identified the spatial and temporal probability distribution of a single file of 7 to 9 water molecules and defined the orientation inside the channel, which mechanistically explained the impermeability of aquaporin to protons. The molecular mechanism of ion selectivity potassium versus sodium in potassium channels was rationalized by molecular simulation and theoretical computation. Time result X-ray crystallography. Conformational dynamics of macromolecules, especially those in enzyme reactions, can be captured by time resolved X-ray crystallography, which uses intense polychromatic X-ray pulses to generate lower diffraction from a single crystal upon induction of light-initiated reaction. A classic example is observed of photodissociation and rebinding of carbon monoxide to myoglobin and hemoglobin. These time-resolved findings identify myoglobin photoproducts and serve a structural basis to spectroscopic observations and MD calculations. Technical challenges specific for low diffraction, such as overlap of energies and spots, have been effectively dealt with. Maturation of time-resolved X-ray crystallography allowed the application in fragile membrane protein crystals, as evidenced by the direct observation of light-induced changes in a photosynthetic reaction center. The emergence of X-files in transforming the field of time-resolved X-ray crystallography despite numerous unresolved challenges, in contrast to time-resolved loud diffraction, which requires crystals, time-resolved wide-angle X-ray scattering works, allows study of macromolecules in solution and has been successfully applied to a number of proteins including myoglobin and hemoglobin. Concluding remark, X-ray crystallography seemed to be at its pinnacle in the early 1990s, when I, as a motivated graduate student, felt extremely excited by the rapid emerge of crystal structures on biological important micromolecules. The forecast was that structural biology by X-ray crystallography would become saturated within a few years leaving structural biologists in an awkward situation and exits in supply. Another prediction, believed by many in the late 1990s, would have structural genomics, automated hybrid X-ray crystallography, dominate the research landscape. Thankfully, neither prediction was remotely close to fact. X-ray crystallography is alive and well and continues to play an extremely important role in deciphering the secrets of life. In essence, life is all about function and structure, with the former determined by the latter. In the past five decades, structural biology through X-ray crystallography has provided important mechanistic insights into every discipline of modern experimental biology. 
a large proportion of all display items in the seventh editions of Jeremy Berg and Lubert Stryer biochemistry textbook are structural images, mostly derived from X-ray crystallography analysis. X-ray crystallography is at its pinnacle. What follows pinnacle must be a downhill path. Would be this true for X-ray crystallography? In response to a question raised by a motivated biophysics-oriented student, Doug Rees of Caltech commented at a special seminar at the end of 2013 that if I were to choose a lab to join for my PhD thesis research, I would probably go for an EM lab. This statement echoes the emotions of those structural biologists who have been so comfortable with X-ray crystallography as the method of choice for elucidating three-dimensional structures of micromolecules. The recent technological advances in cryo EM single particle analysis have sent shockwaves through the entire structural biology community. Near atomic resolution EM structures have been obtained not only for the mega complex such as ribosome and viruses, but also for relatively small protein particles exemplified by the TRP channel. Recently, a 4.5 Armstrong resolution density map was generated for human gamma secretase, which has a calculated protein molecular wave of only 160 kHz with no symmetry. In the 1990s, the Cold Spring Harbor Laboratory course on X-ray crystallography was extremely popular for NMR spectrophotography that signalated a trend that is still unfolding today. In the 2014 Quark KH Summer School of Electron Microscopy in Shanghai, a number of established X-ray crystallographers were enrolled as students. There is no doubt that a new trend is in place and will change the pace of structural biology for many years to come. John Burden Sanderson Haltain, one of the greatest evolutionary biologists of all time, once declared in his essay The Future of Biology that the future will make any detailed predictions look rather silly. Indeed, the eternal truth in research is that the unexpected always happens. Within the past two years, CryoEM has emerged as a competitive and perhaps even more favorite tool for elucidation of macromolecular assemblies with molecular weight more than 300 kilodalton. In the foreseeable future, advances in sample preparation and image acquisition will likely expand the advantages of cryoEM over X-ray crystallography into complexes with smaller molecular weights. On the other hand, technological development of X-Feld may strongly affect the comparison of EM versus X-ray. After all, the ultimate goal of XFEL is to make reconstruction of a single molecule scattering possible, namely to visualize single molecules with atomic details in solution. Regardless of these scenarios, X-ray crystallography will continue to dominate structure determination for many years to come, owing to its major methodology, 
high resolution, convenient accessibility worldwide, and a vast number of experienced users.